Prepare to receive cargo. Kenner's Slave One comes with frozen Han Solo. Is Han Solo completely frozen Stormtrooper? Yes, Boba Fett. Action figures each sold separately. Place them in the prisoner retention unit. Slave One has a rear loading ramp. Prepare for takeoff. Check. Movable cannons and gravity-operated wings that trigger lock. On to Jabba. Slave One with frozen Han Solo from Kenner's Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. We would be honored if you would join us. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am the danger. Avengers! Assemble. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Who's scruffy looking? Less. Might wanna buckle up, baby. Carlos, smash you. King Tom. Hey guys, you ever see that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? They've got your weakened deep cover. And you? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 227 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolachahi, and my co-pilots this evening, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Mr. Carlos. Borgoyo. Man who is in Idlewild. That's right. I'm on, uh, I'm on location quarantining, trying to stay away from people as much as I can, trying to be safe. So I'm, oh, I'm one with nature now. You are. <laughs> I'm going to just move on. The man we call Crunch Crunch, Mr. Les Gonzalez. What's happening? Not much. Just another day on the, this calendar of 2020. That's right. You're quarantining as well. My intros are just going to be streamlined right now. Okay, guys? Streamline intros. Already wrecked that. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, buddy, I'm going to tell you in 10 short minutes how streamlined my intros are going to be. Number one. Well, I was going to edit <clears throat> that part out, Eric. <clears throat> I guess I can't do that now. Nope. The, the man we call King Tom, the king of all pods. King Tom, how you doing, buddy? I feel like I am seven years old on a Saturday night again. You know, we're at 227. I'm between Amen and the Golden Girls. Oh, well done for all you old folk out there. You got that joke. That is a that is a, a, a great block of entertainment. Saturday, look what's cooking on 227. We don't serve raw meat. And on Amen, it's time to say, I do. And a Golden Girls Night to Remember. I'm falling in love. Novelty night. I didn't understand most of the jokes at the time, but I love the shows. The man I call Eric Struthers. Eric Struthers, how you doing, buddy? Streamline it. Oh, great. You really did chop that thing up, man. Woo! What a whirlwind. Uh, I'm good, buddy. It's good to see you guys. I've missed you. Yeah. It feels like it's been a week. I miss you guys, too. Eric, how you doing? I'm going to start with you. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you know what, man, this is one of those things where I'm, I'm just going to tell you I'm real good and I'm going to keep telling you I'm real good until I'm real good. That's how, how things yeah, are just, going. Just, right just now. Make fake it, it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. I get the gist of that. King Tom, how you doing, bud? I'm fine. Like cherry wine. <laughs> yeah. Man, see, 
<laughs> last time about you, uh, you're you're quarantining, not feeling very well. Last week, you scared us a little bit because you took a deep breath, and next thing you know, you were gone. You don't remember last week? That's not oh, a good sign. Oh yeah, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. Yeah, I had the flu, which mm. not not to panic everybody. I'm okay, but I do yeah. have a lingering cough. But uh, I'm doing fine. Um, but I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna jump on to Eric's being biblically for black people. We say it is well. Meaning that everything is good until they are good. So things, no matter what's going on, there are things that, you know, you just still got to look around and look at everything and say things are going well. Yeah. Les and I, we have a, um, oh gosh, it's a horrible situation. Our, one of our coworkers who was a kid in our program. Someone that we mentored growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I've known him since 12 years old. He was his coach. He was shot multiple times Monday night and was shot in the leg, hit an artery, shot in the spine shot in the stomach. So he's in critical condition at the hospital. They're doing surgery actually right now. So it's been a rough couple of days for Les and I, but um, it's been a lot rougher for him and his family. And so we just want to shout out to him and his family, people that listen to this podcast, I know who he is. So we're praying for him and our thoughts are with him. Think positively and hopefully things will, will go right. Boo, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, although I am one with nature, nature doesn't have the best Wi-Fi. So that is a yeah. Evidently, you know, evidently, the trees don't provide free Wi-Fi. Sadly, the squirrels are talking about it all. You know, trying to get uh, trying to get their nut. Nice. What was that last? This is this is this podcast is really streaming along here. I said nature does have the best uh, HD though. Jesus Christ! (sighs) It does. It's the best HD. Straight up. What do we do next? Box office? Is that what we do? That's right. Nature should be top of the box office. Visually stunning, dude. Let's go into the schmeels and deals, the shenanigans. For everybody, again, thank you so much for helping out with the Beyond the Blast Door toy drive. It was a success. And for everybody that helped out, thank you again. You put smiles on children's faces with some cool Star Wars toys. So thank you. If you want to check us out, check us out on the Sithless.net. We have all kinds of stuff, new shirts. Put out a couple of new shirts. We have a new Mando shirt, which is the kind of a version of some of you guys have seen it. The Excite Bike game from Nintendo. I finally put that out. I've had it done for like almost half a year. Uh, I just never put it out. And then Chris Hall's logo shirt is on T Public now, which is fantastic. Our new logo. So that is out there. So check that out. Check us out on YouTube and subscribe because we are doing some reaction videos and breakdown videos. We did the Mando video. That was a huge success. Les and I, it was a lot of fun. King Tom, Les and I did a breakdown of the last Mando episode. That was a lot of fun. And then this morning we did a fun, quick uh, Cobra Kai reaction to the new trailer that came out. So check all of those out on the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, and also check our buddies out. We are have been all around spread out on different podcasts um, I w- and different shows. King Tom, were you on anything this week or last week or anything? No, I've been slacking. Yeah, you, you probably only went on three or four. But I know Eric and Boo were on the roundtable, the Steel Wars roundtable. Um, I made a quick appearance and I got booted out and muted real quick. But those guys were fantastic, uh, except for Boo yawning being called the Rudy Giuliani of Star Wars trivia, uh, which is going to stick here, I think, forever. Well. <laughs> uh, Eric was fantastic. Also, Boo's, yeah, the yawning thing was was great. Eric, you uh, were telling us a little story about Boo's yawning. 
Yeah, boo, you I, you probably didn't see it, but w- like you would turn your head and you would yawn with your mouth open real wide, exactly facing the side of your camera shot. And we were next to each other. So when you did it, I opened my mouth real wide and turned towards you and went in like I was going <laughs> to kiss you. And Sal, Sal saw it from a mile away and just was, that dude was on it. Man. He was. That's he's, that's he's funny. That's pretty good, Struthers. Yeah. That's good. But other than that, very entertaining. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so check <laughs> check our boys out on Steel Wars Roundtable Chapter 14. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. So check that out. I did Kessel Run Transmissions on that Friday. And I think I did it the night before. I remember I did it the night before real quick with them. Uh, late night, like a two in the morning, and then did it the following day. And I'll be on this Friday as well. So check us out. On various things. Box office. There was some movement in the box office. Not much, but there was some. The Crudes, they were number one again at New Age, $4.4 million. Half Brothers, $700,000. Freaky, $474,000. All My Life, $370,000. And I'm sorry to say, King Tom, you ready for this? Yep. Elf, $320,000. Not Tenet. Fuck Tenet. Here it is. So Elf's re-released $320,000. Anybody watch anything this week at all? I did not. I am still trying to power through the West Wing with Lorena and uh, it's going well. We're watching about five episodes a day (laughs) to do it and there are hour long episodes, but we're getting through it and it's been amazing. Did anybody see anything else? I feel like I haven't been in the real world with TV or anything. No. I watched Home Alone too with the kids, with the family. And oh, uh, it is it is no Home Alone one. I just want to point that out. There's some cute moments in it, but here's the here's my takeaway from that movie. I even tweeted about this. If I was that kid, my parents would still be hearing about that oh, every gosh. year at Christmas. And I one thing, and I'm glad they did it because it was funny, but the parents are at the police station. And they instantly start joking around about how well, this isn't the first time this happened. Yeah. Or and the guy's like, at least I remembered my keys. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh my God, you <laughs> left a child behind. What's <laughs> no, wrong just with you? Shit. Is that the uh did you watch the Trump cut? Is that part two of the Trump one that he's yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah. Um that was Was he in it? Was, yep. Oh, he, he wasn't was, it, yeah. Because they took him out. Some of the stations, the local stations took him out. No, and they said it wasn't it wasn't because it was Trump. It was just because they it was a, just a useless scene and they needed to run commercials. I did see yeah. totally uh, a side note that uh, there's an article of the family who owned that big house in Chicago mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. actually there during the filming of Home Alone One oh, the entire time. They still right. lived there. And they talked about how they had to like crawl around on the floor to keep from being in camera shots and stuff. Like right. that's pretty, pretty neat. Ah, man. That what, is a, awesome. what a neat little thing. Yeah, that is really cool. All right. So nobody else saw anything. I, you know, I did say that I was watching the West Wing, but guys, Highlander. Highlander. I've heard it's going to be good when I watch it. I haven't seen it yet, you but I cannot me. wait to see it. I talked to OG Rob on the phone. He's very excited about me watching it. That's still a thing, and we're still pumped up about it. So nobody else saw anything else. No, everybody's shaking their hands. Okay, okay. Now we lost Boo. Boo is gone. He left because he'd rather go be with nature. But he's going to come back a little bit later and do his Boo bits. So we haven't really left. He hasn't really left. He just has left. That makes sense. Kylo, hit us up with some Star Wars talk. I, there's some stuff that came out last week. We need to dive into it. 
for Eric's Star Wars Report. Well, uh, the big news is The Mandalorian. We could pretend like other stuff mattered, but it didn't. And nobody cares. So let's just cut straight to it. First of all, real quick, I did want to talk about... um, if you haven't seen the episode, why are you listening to the show? <laughs> but uh, but uh, the director, Robert Rodriguez, and I'm sure you've seen other stuff that he has done. He w- was interviewed by, and now I can't remember because I had it open and then I closed it. But, I believe um, it was lighter, buddy. Yeah, it, was that who it was? Yeah. That feels right. About what it was like to uh, you know, bring Boba Fett back to life, if you will. And like what you would hope and honestly like what it seemed is here was somebody who was totally into it when he was young and like always imagine what it would be like and what had happened and uh i just can't imagine how fun that would be with like real life action figures (laughs) instead of the small ones but uh that was pretty cool it's a pretty cool read and uh tamira morrison did an interview with new york times and one of the things he said that it also cracks me up is he has no idea how Boba Fett survived. No, which is great. great because, you know, that's just the kind of question that like comic book guy would ask at a convention yeah. and be pissed when they didn't know. Right. How dare you not know? He says that, but he gave another interview with starwars.com and he said he was talking with Filoni the whole time about backstory and motivation and this and that, you know, there, there is rumors and hopefully we'll find this out tomorrow. We'll talk about that. In a little bit with a Disney shareholder meeting, there's rumors that there's going to be a Boba Fett mini spinoff, not like a crazy series, but like a four episode limited, limited edition, limited, yeah, limited series. I would imagine that we're going to definitely see the backstory there of what happened with him. So I, I guess we'll find out. I guess hopefully that the rumors are true and we do get a little limited series of him kicking ass after he gets out. Yeah, I. I mean, you can make some solid guesses, but regardless, it, it, none of it matters. Seeing all of this happen in this episode was yeah. probably one of the best days ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a, a roller coaster of emotion. Oh, by the way, we're talking about uh, episode, let's see, season two, episode six, chapter 14, The Burkhart. And when, <laughs> the Burkhart. dude. Awesome. Everybody, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, man, I bet Hawes is having the best day of his I, life. I text right them now. right in the morning and I said, I was thinking about you the whole time watching this thing. Yeah. But it was a roller coaster of emotions and being able to see it and see all the action. And you didn't realize how short it was because it felt like a lot happened, but you realize it, it flew by still. But the best part for me was watching it again with my wife and kids. And like watching them experience it and like how crazy Henry was as soon as he saw Slave One fly in, he oh, had man. reacted like I reacted. Yeah, me too. I went crazy. He's like, Mom, Mama's Boba Fett. Mom, you don't understand that Boba Fett. And it was so great <laughs> to see. And uh, dude, what are you guys' high points of this? T- tell me, top moments. Let's have it. I would say th- once Boba had that armor back and was fully Boba Fett. I was listening to Bed Motivator say, and Luke said that this might be his favorite Boba Fett, and I have to agree with him at this point. It is just from a a Star Wars legacy, it's all connected. Having Tamora in that role, saying he's just a simple man making his way in the galaxy, and then at the end, having him say that you know he gave his word, and instead of being just this, you know, 
the Broba Fett that everyone had been making fun of for the past 40 years. Um, having him base everything on honor and character, that was really cool to see. And I've seen a lot of people who haven't been into Boba Fett mm-hmm. come out as fans of his or as fans of the character because of this episode now and, and the way they're doing this. And Les said it when we were doing our recap that he noticed a few uh, Haka moves that mm-hmm. Timora worked in and, and Timora talked about that in some of his interviews. But the other thing, um, our friend Robbo tipped me off to this, the gaffy stick that the Tuscan Raiders use, that one end that's curved and then has that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in 1975, when they designed it for the tu- for the Sand People, that is taken straight from a Polynesian weapon. Oh, mm-hmm. that type cool. of point. And so to have that come full circle to you know to be used by someone of that ancestry, that heritage, in that type of fighting is is even cooler. I think it just adds yeah, so much to it. I wanted to start. I mean, I'm not an Islander, mm-hmm. but I have plenty of Samoan, Tongan, uh, Filipino. I have, I have a lot of friends that are Islanders. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, when that, when he was handling those stormtroopers, I literally wanted to start while we were doing our reaction video. I wanted to start tap slapping my elbows and slapping mm-hmm. my chest, and then like just finishing. <laughs> when he did that finishing move, he yeah. kept that straight face, and it oh, was yeah. expression. There was no expression, but there was enough of an expression. Mm-hmm. He brought down the brought the point down to do the finishing. All I could think of was just looking and going. Oh man, that's like an island warrior right there, dude. And usually they're sticking their tongue out. They're like, ah, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, man, that is so awesome. And then to hear that later, they allowed for that and they allowed him to do certain things. Just that'd be really cool to see like Mandalorians take on, you know, like the different races or whatever. And let's just say Mandalorian, the Mandalores are very a diverse place and we can see different cultures within that with different traditions and different types of things. And I now I know there's someone out there saying that, you know, well, technically Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. Like, don't try to ruin something when you see just the acceptance, when you see the excitement, when you see the level mm-hmm. of not only that, let's be honest here. Boba Fett brought was brought truly to life here. Yeah. All the yeah. Of Boba Fett have been like, you know, a little, little side shot here, a little pot shot there jetpacking mm-hmm. over there and falling into a big hole. And it's like, right. okay, what now? Now we get this like fully saged warrior who's been through so much. I love the way Boba Fett was given some depth the, as a character. I, I'm there for Mando and Grogu, but mm-hmm. for a brief moment, I was like, yeah, but what's Boba Fett going to do next? What's it? Oh, come on. Because he did. He, the portrayal was so good and it was a side of a character that we never got to see that really spoke to me. And I, the violence and the, like the anger in his face and just his determination was amazing. But I, I I think one of the things that like stuck with me the most, and I was trying to explain something like this to Henry because he was almost in tears. When oh. Grogu got taken by the, the, so death, blessed, by the, the dark troopers is that when Boba Fett says, I guarantee mm-hmm. the safety of the child, mm-hmm. he's not, he's just telling you, he's just super matter of fact. Yeah. I guarantee the safety of the happen. child. And it's, yeah. it, that is the most baller 
thing ever, man. I just mm-hmm. oh, I'm so, so stoked on it. Now, I was super sad to see the Razor Crest get blown up. What the fuck, man? The tragedy was the Razor Crest going down. I got a whole in my backyard. I might tell my kid I'm getting him the Razor Crest for Christmas. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that was sad, man. That was sad. I can't believe how quick, I mean, it's happening every episode. They're just throwing you right into the action and right into the, what the fuck? That's slave one. When we did our reaction, I was like, I thought I was in a dream because I was like, wait a minute, am I I seeing slave one in atmosphere again? Like what, what is going on right now? So I freaked out. I look like an idiot on the reaction. Oh my God, slave one. Oh my God, slave one. I I look like a 10 year old kid, but I guess that's what's great about this, Mm -hmm. about this uh, show. It just makes you feel like a child again. I do wish they didn't run like the two second clip of from last season of the feet walking up to Fennec. Yeah. I've been skipping the recaps because of oh, that. Okay. Yeah, Les and I have been skipping the recaps. When we yeah, yeah, we jump right into the. We, because you're right. They'll, they pretty much tell you who's going to yeah, show up in the episode. Seven. Yeah. I, you, you make a good point, King Tom, that that did totally, totally give it away. Mm-hmm. Let, let me ask you this. And I did not go back and watch this. And I've meant to. Did we see more of that moment whenever in the recap where he comes up and kneels down than we did in the actual episode? It feels like it. It feels uh, like I, I remember the Spurs noise, mm-hmm. right? Walking up. And but I don't, I don't think, think he ever knelt down, did he? No, I think it was just his feet. Okay. All right, good. I Because I'd like, oh my gosh, I didn't remember that. But you know what I really, really liked about it? That it gave a backstory to Django. And him now. Now people are saying these, like Les was saying, they're not Mandalorian, but they're as much Mandalorian as Din is mm-hmm. because th- his father was a foundling just like he was. So yeah. he has blood of the father who was a foundling. So that's why he deserves that suit and the and armor. He fought, he fought for them in the Civil War too. Right. And here's another thing that I picked up on. He said that Beskar it has to go back to the Mandalorians. So Boba Fett's outfit is Beskar. Jango Fett's outfit then was Beskar as well. Remember mm-hmm. we had that debate. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. So I guess that's a, a thing in canon now. But I yeah. love that there's substance behind this character who people shit on for so many years. And I understand why people shun him. He looked cool. He was rad. He just didn't have any depth to him. Now, even when we're going to get this, hopefully get this little mini series, we'll even have more depth to him. And one other thing, I love the way Timor Morrison says, Bofet. Yeah, I'm Bofet. Yeah, dude, Bofet. It's, I love hearing him say it. And dude. dad bought Boba Fett? I mean, come on. Dude. Like, it gives hope to all of us that we can kick ass like that with a dad bot like that. He was like it's, a champion. That is belly out like a. It's extremely remind me relatable. Right remind me of a living mouth and intestinal tract. <laughs> I don't care what you do later, man. You could do something like that. I don't. You could have yeah. a dad. You could have five. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't mean, care. You know he's got the big robes on too. But yeah. I mean, here's the deal: the he's guy layering. was looks amazing for his age oh, yeah. and the way he yeah. did the whole thing. Now, it's something interesting: King Tom and I had both saw this because I saw that he had mentioned it after I saw it. The question is like, who fixed up Phoenix Shand? Is is Boba Fett some sort of? technological wizard and if you guys don't know who kimberly sterling is you're missing out she's fantastic she's an excellent artist and just all around just super cool person and uh you know there's somebody we should have on the show sometime but uh 
Uh, she says, she tweeted out, everyone keeps thinking it was Boba Fett who fixed Fennec with her robo stomach as if we weren't introduced to Tatooine's finest physician, Dr. Mandible, just a few episodes ago. Right. And I'm like, dang. We mentioned this on the recap, but even that, like, the belly bionics, that was a callback to Lost Stars because Sienna, the main character, is outfitted with a similar kind of device. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After she has... She crashes her TIE fighter. Did you read, Eric, in that same article in Collider that Robert Rodriguez said that the script was only 19 pages? Yes. And Favreau, Favreau pretty much said, you need to fill it out. Yeah, that's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> to fill that like, thing oh, out. Shit. Yeah. The, by the way, he did a great job. What a yeah, great job. Yeah, added to yeah. see Robert Rodriguez feel the aerial, Phoenix Shans, aerial, like, leaping and doing the twisting, mm-hmm. shooting thing. Mm-hmm. That's straight out of Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That's legit. And what's so funny is that what's so funny is that the it was filmed in California, right? And people saw this being filmed while they were hiking, and they saw a guy wearing a hat, uh, a cowboy hat. They thought it was Filoni, but they're like, "No, this is just a fan film. There's no way," because they saw a bunch of stormtroopers, and uh, definitely wasn't a fan film. (laughs) And and, and, you know what? I saw something else about people being upset that it's starting to look more like the stormtroopers are just cannon fodder. And they're like, he's uh, starting to starting to it's Star Wars. Yeah, I'm like, it's Star Wars. They've always looked like that. That is a reason why there are other elite level troopers within the Empire or the First Order. And you know what? Your normal black and whites are just they're just dominoes. Ready to I, get I, will, I will argue that I will argue that and say they've never hit more things than the Mandalorian. How many times has Mandalorian yeah. been hit in the best car? I know. Right, we never see we never see stormtroopers hit anybody. Yep. With the with the Robert Rodriguez and his homages to himself or whatever, isn't that the (laughs) shot of Din in the jetpack with with Grogu under his arm? Someone posted something. I think it was from Spy Kids of um, Ah, Pedro Pascal in a jetpack with his kid under his arm. That's Banderas. Yeah, that's right. Robert Rodriguez. Oh, it? I, I don't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Antonio yeah, Banderas. Spy Kids. Yeah. Yeah. He did do it though. Yeah. That was and Robert his. Rodriguez did direct Spy Kids. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I I thought that Pedro Pascal was in one of the Spy Kids too. But if you don't have kids, those Spy Kids movies are bonkers, man. There's there's an element. Uh, I understand why my kids dig them. Yeah. No, we saw them with a bunch of our kids in our program uh, a couple times, and they love. They love them. And there's a 3D one that they absolutely loved. But a great episode. I just can't believe we're seeing these things. Thank you, Lucasfilm. Thank you, Favreau. Thank you, Filoni. Thank you for having the confidence in these directors, who some of them never, ever directed before. And they're just putting out bangers, man. That's just, just want to say thank you during the shitty ass year that we're having that we get to see this. My my buddy Metzi, who came to Celebration Chicago yeah, with me, we, we were tweeting back and forth, and and it's like, did you ever think when Disney announced that they were going to do live action Star Wars TV that it would be like this, that it would be this good? Not in a million years did I ever notice. I was imagining Saved by the Bell uh, <laughs> with just a little more budget, but uh, it's I had so a little weird. bit of hope. I had a little bit of hope just because of what they did with Marvel on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, if you guys just do the same type of feel, but this is just that right. and then some, man. But yeah, you have to have better special effects because it's space. You have to, yeah. yeah. But one thing I did want to say when you brought up the location. Yeah. I get people like making jokes. Ha ha. Southern, they went to the Southern California planet. He he ho ho. Look, 
were there all of these places that they go were inhabited by humans mm -hmm. or humanoids. Right. There are going to be places that look like what we're familiar with because they're inhabitable by humans. Right. Or humanoids. I, I just, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's a really small thing to go on about. Right. Uh, it's, you're not going to go to something that looks like the surface of Venus where it's nothing but just acid atmosphere. People can't oh, live there. Right. You can't get the shots you want either. I mean, well, it yeah, your lead actor definitely didn't want to work under those conditions. The uh, the end where we get in and we see Grogu is in a cell and he's throwing these stormtroopers around. He, here's what's nice about that, and I don't want to like ruin shows and and movies for my kids, but I'm like, this is how the director is explaining to us that Grogu's going to be okay, right? Right. right in there with some fights still in him and he has methodology to take care of himself. That's what they're doing is letting you know it's all going to be okay. But that Moff Gideon sucks. He is the He's such a prick. Mocking a child, which by the way, I love that Fennec Shan referred to him as the baby. For him to get in his face and mock him, Jesus, do you know the how big of a butthole you have to be to do that to a child? Oh, dude! If yeah. any, and it looked and it looked like he's messed with them before. Yeah. To me, Grogu has seen that dark saber before, and yeah. he was like fighting it off. And he was, if you notice, I've watched the second and third time. He's he's messing with that thing. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna push it back. Question: I have. Uh, I think I said this in our thinking, Tom, when we broke it down. Gideon didn't seem like he gave a shit walking in there. Like even no. though Grogu was throwing people around, Gideon walked in there like you're not gonna do that to me, no matter right. what. Yeah. So that's interesting too. Yeah. And the fact that he was so unafraid that he sat there and let him continue wrecking those stormtroopers yeah. when the attention could have easily been turned on him. So there's something going on there. Right. So now the question is, do you think all of the experimentation is related directly to what Moff Gideon is trying to do to himself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm starting to think that because at first I thought the experimentation was trying to combine the whatever those people were in the vats with the dark troopers. But to me now, it seems at this point that the dark troopers are purely robotic. Mm -hmm. That's and what it seems like to me. Right. And they just, since they destroyed the Imperial outpost on Navarro, if, whatever that program is, is gone. Mm -hmm. Or at least those bodies that, whatever that facility held was gone. So maybe, yeah, they are trying to do something and it is for himself. But anyway, it ends up with him uh, going back to her to uh, have her help him find Mayfeld, Bill Burr's character. Which I'm, I'm glad to see that. Yeah. I was a little surprised. And look, I'm, I was a little surprised to see how quick Cara Dune flipped to where she's like, you see the bars on this badge? That means, you know, the, the whole these colors don't run kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like she's flipped over so fast from I'm not a joiner. But anyway, I just thought I was was curious at how quick she flipped over on it. But what else, man? What else? It was a good episode. It was a great episode. Great All the episode. actors did a great yeah. job in it. So you guys liked this episode more than the previous episode. This is the best episode. I think so. Wow. I think so. Okay. I still like the last one better. Oh, the last one was great, but it was yeah. this one's the one for me. This one was great. It was it was pretty amazing. 
Best friend. I just like how the last one was shot. Oh, and, and I'm sorry. I know I'm all over the place here. But, no, it's okay. but but with the way Din is interacting with Grogu at the beginning, and it is the oh. most relatable as a dad thing ever. You know, he's saying his name and laughing because, you know, the way he responds, which, by the way, I can't believe he didn't call him by name in one of the several times he was trying to get his attention in the force thing. He just kept saying, hey, kid, which the first three times I might have done that. But the last one I might have would have yelled their name, you know, yelled his name. But anyhow. Is the whole thing where he refers to Ahsoka as the nice lady. <laughs> and whenever they see the temple up there, the Stonehenge looking thing. And he's like, does this look, does this look Jedi to you? I'm like, dude, that is the most relatable. <laughs> where, where you're a dad and your kid assumes, you know, everything and you're right. just farting your way through it all. <laughs> and that's for real right there. Ah, oh, so good. I, I think in that vein at the end, that ball unknowingly to Din is going to play a role in Grogu returning to him. Oh, yeah. The, the, the knob. Yeah. Yeah. I think somehow that baby Yoda will see the knob and something will happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're probably right, uh, man. Now, I have a prediction here, and um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but. I really suspect that when Din and Grogu are reunited, that helmet's coming off. And he is going to look look him in the face. I don't know. Who the fuck are you? I'm going back with this Gideon guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I do think think you're right. You know, because Uh, they open that door by having Bo-Katan take her helmet off in front of him and for him to realize that not everybody does a thing. I think I think that's going to happen. And I think it'll be very sweet, man. Yeah. Yeah, that is going to be sweet. And it's going to be great for Pedro Pascal to be able to use, I mean, be able to get out of that helmet and just so we can see his beautiful face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, man, one of the things that we can say is very rarely do you even think about the fact that you're not getting facial expressions because the the physical acting has been so good and the voice acting has been so spot on that you almost forget that you don't have facial expressions to go right. on with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's really yeah. cool. Absolutely right. Really cool. And I, what was a nice touch and then I swear I'll stop bouncing all around is <laughs> when Boba got the armor and had the helmet on when that scene where he whips his head around and he's got the helmet on, you can easily picture his eyes just like he did it before he had the helmet on underneath Mm -hmm. there. And it's like, you realize that's why you don't miss facial expressions because of just the way they move their heads. It's, it feels familiar. It's very good. But anyhow, I don't have anything else, man. If there's anything else and there probably is King Tom, you got anything star Wars wise? Um, there's a rumor that there's going to be a High Republic animated series. Oh. It came well, out last Friday, but I know some people in the know are saying something else. Well, it, it that's tough to say. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, Pablo Hidalgo, if you can follow him on Twitter, he said something along the lines of kind of bagging on these, these leaks. Mm-hmm. As and it was right after the whole animated series thing, and it was something about man, well, it, like being a little far reaching. And I don't know if that's what he was speaking oh. about, but that was like the big thing on Twitter right. that day. 
And so it's, it's, it's tough to say, man, who knows? I mean, let's be honest. You would assume that's, there's going to be more to this. That's, that's how Star Wars works. If this, if this books and if this book line and this timeline work out, well, of course they're going to do more with it because Mm -hmm. somebody else has already developed all these characters for them. Right. And uh, I think it's just a no brainer, but we'll see. We'll see. It'd be great. Um, the other bit of news that hit today, um, and by the time people hear this on Sunday, the, the world might be completely different, but the New, the New York Times is giving a preview of Disney's big, I, I don't know if it's an investor thing or just a general thing. It's a four-hour meeting on Thursday the 10th, tomorrow's the 10th. Um, yeah. And the the bit like the first sentence of the New York Times story was that the Star Wars franchise will undergo a significant expansion. Ooh, what? Yeah, Which, I forgot. That news that. that news gave me a significant expansion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Weird, you finally though. got the four inches. Okay, so <laughs> where were we? I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you. I love you. Uh, but that's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we, we don't know what it 24 hours from now. We'll know what it is. Uh, right. By the time the show, sh- by the time, yeah, it'd be old news by the time this comes out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the time this comes out, people will already figured out everything to complain about from the call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll be talking the whole episode next week. We'll be talking about chapter 15 and also all the complaints, all the so, crapping on it's, oh, yeah. It's going to be four hours and, you know, they're going to talk about Marvel. They're going to talk about, I think they're part of it is with some of their other projects in the works. They're going to announce that they're going to Disney plus Mm. Uh, like they're going to be making a a Pinocchio movie um, and just other movies and things. So the whole four hours is obviously not going to be devoted to star Wars. You would have to imagine that that's a significant part of their future. They got a lot of things to talk about, especially this yeah. year. They're, they're hemorrhaging and, money. Right. And we know of a number of projects that have already been officially announced. So maybe it, it could be, you know, we know there's the Bad Batch, Kenobi and Cassian. Maybe it's giving us some more details on the Taika. Hey, remember that, that Ryan Johnson thing we floated a few years ago? Well, after Taika's movie comes out, you're going to be seeing three movies, you know, with him, maybe not directing, but producing and writing. Right. Yeah, wow. something like I, I think of something big that you can revolve the franchise around for a while. Okay, all right, that's just me. Now, cool. King Tom, I think it's fair to just let you know that we're all expecting you to listen to the entire thing and let us know what we need to know from it. I'm aware of that, um, and I'm going to do my best. Sadly, the second half of this happens during dinner and bedtime for my kids, not for me. Uh, I'll still do my best. Are you going to live tweet? I'll do what I can. But you okay. know what? And this goes back to my thing a few months ago. Don't be afraid to listen to these things or watch them yourself. Yeah. yeah. I don't mean you guys. I mean people out there. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm definitely going to try to watch. Tune in. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a crazy amount of Star Wars stuff. Just Mandalorian alone. And this news is just unbelievable. But we have some emails and we have some voicemails. Eric, you want to play some of those voicemails? We got a couple of voicemails. And they're all Mando related. Do I? Uh, we got a voicemail from Ian, right, Eric? Yeah, and and their podcast is pretty rad. They had quite the get recently too, which I'm I saw that pretty jealous it a, of. It was a good conversation. I haven't yeah. had a chance to listen to it. I just saw Never. that it was a thing, and I'm like, oh, why me? 
but yeah, yeah I think check out their podcast. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. The it's on it's the Katana right. cast. And that is the name of Jabba's ship. It's K H E T A N N A. Right. But anyhow. Yeah. So let, well, let's, let's, let's hear what Ian's got to say today. Hey, Sith list. Hey, it's Ian Gallagher here. Been a little while since I last uh, called in and checked in with y'all. It's been quite a fall, you know, trying to do this thing called teaching or teach as much as I can virtually. And it's, it's really nice, actually. It's allowed me to, I've actually started up my own podcast and uh, it's been going really well. But I had a question for all of you. There's a lot of questions regarding who Grogu may have contacted. I know some people are throwing out Ezra, Luke, and even Cal. My question is, we know that Ewan McGregor has done his costume fitting. We know he's been around the volume doing some, uh, I guess, some practice scenes or, or shoots or, you know, makeup tests or whatever. What do we think the likelihood that you know, maybe Grogu contacted a Jedi in not a physical form. You know, what if it was in a ghost Jedi? We've seen Yoda interact with Kanan and Ezra in Rebels when they were in the temple on Lothal. Maybe he contacted Yoda, but I feel like there's a very strong possibility it may actually be Obi-Wan. Just wow. wanted to throw that theory around get your thoughts and i love love the show as always and keep it up thank you always bye so man that's a really good thought mm-hmm. with obi-wan and i hadn't considered that and i think you know the main the main thing i can i would say we could all agree on is pretty much guaranteed is that whoever it is it's got to be like a huge pop mm-hmm. it's got to be some major thing so i don't think that they would end up having a like a lower tier. And when I say that, I don't mean that Ezra isn't rad or anything like that, but I doubt it'll be Cal Kestis just because there's too much writing on this moment. Not big enough for you. I wouldn't say so. I don't mean for me. I mean, for the general public in in the case, you know, you can go see Ahsoka and that rules for people who know who she is, Mm -hmm. but the, the greatness of her character isn't necessarily important for the people who don't, who, who don't know. But in this case, you're talking about a Jedi showing up, or at least that's the goal that may take Grogu. Obviously that's not going to happen, but it's, for that case, I think who it is matters if you want it to be a big deal to the average person watching it. Because mm-hmm. him going to see a Jedi who's named Ahsoka was great for us. But like my dad, he didn't know who that was. But if if you get Cal Kestis showing up, which don't get me wrong, I think Cal's awesome. I love Fallen Order. Or Ezra. In that case, people like my dad, and that's who I try to think about whenever I think about this, are going to be like, Huh? What? Okay, I guess. That's just going to be an insignificant thing to him. But if it's Luke Skywalker, then you got a you got a deal. But you know, Obi-Wan has appeared as a solid force ghost several times, so maybe he it would be him. The more story-wise, I like that idea a lot. Because it doesn't mean that 
Grogu has to go with Luke. Right. And if he goes with Luke, Grogu is doomed. And having Obi-Wan's ghost allows Grogu to stay with Din. I, I have this theory in the back of my head that Grogu has been feeling Din through the force. And that's one of the reasons, you know, he feels Din's character, Din's inner spirit is for, mm-hmm. and he's connected that way. And maybe Obi-Wan, who he might've encountered way back when tells him to follow that as much as I'm, I'm beginning to love this idea. There is a practical issue with it where Eric, like you said, we we've seen Obi-Wan's force ghost a number of times but that's never been played by you and McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and true. That's true. I don't know how close they can make it look to Alec Guinness. Right. That is a problem. Love that. Love the idea though. I love the idea, but love the idea. Ian. Yeah. I think that at the end of this thing, we're going to see, we're going to see Luke as a hologram talking to Din. I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah. I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to stick to it. That's what I would do if it were me, but you yeah. know, it's not. Thank God there's people who are way better at this. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And they've been doing a great job. Yeah. Not listening if, to us. As if it was, if it was me, they would also all be playing guitars and yeah. And uh, playing Red Dead Redemption too, and listening to Taylor Swift and the Racer Crest. But uh, hmm. anyway, so yeah. Thanks Ian. It's always, yeah. it's always good to Thank hear. Thank you for the nice words, by the way. Yeah. And guys check out their podcast. It is phenomenal. The Katana cast. Yeah. It's a great name too. It is a great name. Okay. We got one more. We got one more voicemail from Lumberjack Nick. We don't have to do the, Hey y'all. He can do it himself. He'll do it. Maybe we'll see. Hey y'all. What can I say about last week's episode? I mean, I've waited literally my entire life to see Boba Fett kick some live action booty. Anywho, I wanted to call in and give some of my crazy theories for the finale. Crazy theory number one, Gideon's Imperial officer is secretly Sabine Wren undercover. Crazy theory number two, the Jedi that comes after baby Grogu, Kyle Katarin. Crazy theory number three. Even if it's not Kyle Katarin, Mando's new ship will be the Moldy Crow. And crazy theory number five. I cut crazy theory number four because it was too crazy for you. (laughs) Crazy theory number five is the finale. No, the series finale, not the season finale. Mind you, the series finale will reveal that the reason Luke Skywalker went all emo and drama queen is because he's responsible for the death of baby Grogu. Wow. I just blew your mind. Wow. Lumberjack Nick coming through with some crazy ass solid, solid takes there. What do you guys think? Dive into this. (sighs) Should we take them one by one? (sighs) Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Go Go ahead, ahead, King Tom. Uh, Number one was the communications officer is Sabine Wren in disguise. Was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I could be down with that. I would like that. And I think, you know, the, the, the actress, she's been in other things. She has an, she has a fighting background. So why not? Not only that, King Tom, she looks more like Sabine in real life. If you've seen her in real life, her haircut and all that, she has a really cool haircut and stuff. What's uh, her ethnicity, I, though? That's that's the one I, that, that I, I don't know. That I, I don't. don't know. I don't think she's Asian, and that's although did, she might have said she had a mixed background. On she was on the Katana cast. She was on the Katana and, cast, and I'm yeah. I'm drawing a blank as to her name and what she said about her background. Yeah, I don't remember. I do but, like that idea, though. Yeah, I mean that would be neat. I yeah. 
I, I would I would put that under unlikely, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a possibility. Well, because she didn't like her hair didn't look like she you know had helmet head, so it's probably not her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what was the second one? Kyle Katarn saves. Yeah, or shows up. Um, I'm gonna say I've heard, I've heard that multiple places too. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't know. I mean, he did have the 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 dark, dark troopers. troopers. So, yeah. uh, what do you think, King Tom? I I think it's more of a, a callback to to us fans, and I think they've already done that with the dark troopers. Yeah, I don't I don't know that they'd give another wink wink nudge nudge, especially for something this big. Hmm. Yeah, that would be that would be a jump, mm-hmm. but. I mean, who knows? Crazier things, I suppose. Yeah. But Luke uh, Skywalker killing Grogu. Well, uh, number three was the Moldy Crow. Yeah. Oh, the Moldy Crow. I wasn't a fan of that ship design. Yeah, I didn't care for it much. I don't remember how it looked like. It looked looked kind of like a jet plane, but with shorter wings and to the back, and then the nose was more angular. Kind of like a Concorde? Imagine if you took a like a storage container. Okay, let me look it up. And you shaved the front end and put some weird wings at the back. There you right. have it. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, not a fan of that one. I would rather have an actual moldy crow. I'm, that would be I'm like trying a, to draw one here. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's amazing! That's breathtaking. We finally found the one thing King Tom does not excel at. Yeah, it looks like a dick. It looks like a penis. Yeah, damn, true to size. <laughs> oh, oh, golly. Okay, yeah, well, my guess is no. I I think they it would be funnier if they did something like oh, ah, I can't remember the name of the ship. Never mind. <laughs> what a waste that was. Thanks for letting me waste everybody's time with that. No, that's all right. And that's then the right. final one was that Luke killed Grogu. Yeah. Right. I don't see that happening. Thumbs down. And here's my deal. And I, if I were ever going to predict anything and put money on it, my money is on that <laughs> Grogu is surviving the end of this series. Oh, absolutely. That's just not something that you're going to see any company do, especially Disney. That's is, right. You know, now sure, Disney, they're well known for killing every kid's parents along the way. That's just what they do. So that could be curtains for the Mandalorian. It's just like the beginning of Bambi or any other thing that Disney has done. But yeah, he's yeah, he's going before Grogu goes. But yeah, he'll be he'll be safe out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lumberjack Nick. Appreciate you, man. And um hopefully this godforsaken COVID thing can end so we can hang out again lumberjack nick is another great artist we we know a lot of great artists dude he is a phenomenal artist i got one of his prints man and you know i love his style i probably shouldn't say this but he hooked me up and sent me the next size up from the one i actually paid for Ooh, okay i'm a big deal that was the podcaster discount so (laughs) and i'll tell you how you know he's good and the thing same thing has happened to kimberly too i believe is when these dirtbag sites start sniping their art and selling it on crap crappy t-shirts crappy stuff Suddenly they see their own illustrations being sold on some cheese ball Facebook ad. So. Yeah. Can you imagine the feeling? Wait, <laughs> yeah. I did that. 
No, 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 I'm not saying I did that. I'm just saying that's what he would no, say. No, no, I got you. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of emails regarding this uh, amazing episode. And uh, let's uh, read Avery hit us up again. Hey, guys, hope you're all doing well and have recovered from a Thanksgiving comas. The last month of this debacle year has arrived in rather fitting fashion. We have no new Star Wars movie to look forward to. Be that as it may. Oh, I'm sorry. We're getting some movie style epicness from the Mando in these last few episodes of season two. I figured Grogu would be taken back by Moff Gideon at some point, but it was still shocking at the same time. And I actually cried out when the Razor Crest got destroyed. And I suppose I was more emotionally attached to that than I thought I was. Me too, Avery. I totally got I freaked out. But damn, was it worth seeing Boba Fett in armor again. I was never the biggest fan of the Fett, but now I'm thoroughly happy he's back and not a douche this time around. It looks like we're going to get another all-star team up heading into the finale like last season. My question is this for all of you. Out of the Star Wars crime world, who would you have on your team to raid a heavily defended Imperial base to rescue Grogu? Stay safe and healthy out there and banter on. And that's from Avery. Who would you guys have in the Star Wars world to help go out there and kick some ass? I think oh, and what we saw from Boba Fett, he's definitely in the starting lineup. Um, and Din is going to be in the starting lineup. Beskar, just from the Beskar. I would just go Mandalorians, tell you the truth. I mean, who else is going to better defend other than Jedi? I guess, I guess Jedi and, and the Mandalorians. If he still exists, we don't know, really know where he's at. Cad Bane. Oh, Cad Bane was a master criminal. Yeah, and his cocksure attitude would be so great. A, a match, a foil for Moff Gideon. Oh, can we they, see that? They'd both just be oh. trying to one-up each other the whole time. Oh, yeah. Well, it, that would be so He's good. Such a badass. Uh, mine probably don't count, but fuck you. I'm counting them. Lando and Lobot. Oh. Because they yeah. are criminals. They are. They are. Han and Chewie would be pretty cool. Oh my Han, god! Han, Chewie, Lando together. Could you? I, I thought about this. Han's alive. Boba's alive. Can you imagine if they meet again? Holy mm. hell! Holy hell! They're in the same universe and they're living in the same universe. Yeah. Dang. Ooh, dang. Dang. What well, if? Nah. Never mind. Now we're getting carried away. I was going to say, what if it was Han, Luke, and Leia? all together in the cockpit of the Falcon <laughs> that we never got in the sequel trilogy that everybody, oh, everybody longed for. Damn. That would be it. And they just fly by and wave though. They don't actually do anything. <laughs> oh, <Hi>, everybody. <laughs> exactly. Well, again, Avery, thank you so much. And yeah, hope you're doing yeah. well and appreciate you emailing us. You solid emails every time you do. So keep them coming. Email from Charles. Hey guys. So there's, Potentially a huge moment in Mando chapter 14 that no one seems to be talking about. At the 2747 mark, right after Grogu is tossing troopers around and Gideon is walking towards him, I hear Grogu say, Sith Lord, weakly between heavy breaths. Can y'all hear this? Makes me think that he either learned a ton from the seeing stone or has been playing everyone the whole time for his safety. Reminds me how Yoda acts weak and frail in the prequels, but when it's time to fight, he's jumping off walls and doing flips. Appreciate y'all and the show, Bear. Thanks, Bear. Charles, thank you very much. And I, Charles hit me up on YouTube. I instantly messaged him and said, wait, wait, let me check that right now. And I did. It does a little bit sound like he's saying it. It sounds like it. It's crazy. So you guys got to check it out. It sounds like he's saying, Sith Lord. 
<laughs> Can you imagine if he's this whole time knows how to speak basic and he's just like fooling everybody? He just so, wouldn't do it just to be mm-hmm. difficult, which is yeah, exactly what my kids would do if I wanted them yeah. to do something. It is interesting. Um, I don't think that's what it is. I think we're trying to hear him say that, but it does sound like he says, said Lord. <laughs> and that would be crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But I appreciate the email and keep sending us stuff, man. The only the one reason I can tell you what I would consider to be fairly definitively mm-hmm. that he doesn't say that, even though that is very interesting, is that it wasn't in the closed captions. And I'm telling you, man, those closed captions, they're not messing around. You ever want to hear what some dialogue was was going on across the room that you barely even notice? Turn them on. It'll tell you. It'll tell you who said them. And there was I, no I watch one. everything with closed caption now. Everything. Yeah. Dude, yeah. as soon as you have kids. We haven't yeah. got our closed captions shut off for eight hours. One time, man, with like people, our friends were keeping the kids overnight and they're like, oh my gosh, what are you and Amanda going to do? I'm like, we're going to watch 16 candles with the closed captions off. <laughs> well, that's our wild and crazy night. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I think that's all of our Star Wars. We had a lot. We had a lot. And I know we're going to have some boo bits at the end, but I just wanted to quickly ask King Tom some stuff and this HBO Max WB deal. I know that looks like Warner Brothers is going to release everything in their catalog for 2021 on HBO Max, including big franchise films like Wonder Woman and all that, Suicide Squad. Um and I know that people are very upset like Christopher Nolan's pissed off and a bunch of other directors are pissed off. Boo seems to think um that this is the end of movie theaters. I don't think so. I think that movie theaters are going to survive. I think that it's us wanting that experience that's going to keep them alive. There's nothing like going to a movie and watching something like Wonder Woman, Star Wars, Batman. I don't care how comfortable you are in your bedroom. It's just a different feel. What's your guys' take on this deal? And what's your take on the future of movie theaters? I know we've talked about this endlessly, but this uh, puts it up in the forefront. I think it's it's a move just to try and make some money and drum up some interest for HBO Max. I the the movie industry right now is not healthy and it's going to have to have some changes once things are back to normal. I think that that movies and movie theaters will still be around. I think it might be more of a special thing. Um, and there might not be as many movies running in the theaters or as many current movies running in the theaters. Um, but I, I, I do think that that part of life will come back. And I don't, I don't think one studio shuffling all of its offerings to home, you know, home digital viewing. I don't think that's going to kill movies. Yeah. I don't think so either. They're definitely struggling. I totally understand. Mm -hmm. And hopefully there's some kind of bailout for them as well, because it's a huge part of Americana and not just Americana. It's just a huge part of every, of all, every country Mm -hmm. uh, getting out there and going to the movies. It's tons of jobs out there that will be lost. Uh, I just, I hope that that's boo is not right. It's and the thing is, man, I mean, it's I understand where he is coming from with that. But in any time there's a shift in consumer habits, the what what the businesses have to do is focus on the experience and focus on customer service. 
because their end product isn't going to change a lot. The movies are still going to be movies. So what mm-hmm. they have to do, it's like, and if you work at Walmart, no offense, but it, what it's what makes going to Target a much more pleasant experience than going to Walmart. Their customer service model is completely different. They're supposed to engage you if you walk past and make sure you get what you need. And those are the types of small things that they'll have to do to make people keep coming back. It's that's just how it goes because the the businesses who have survived online shopping are the ones who have made the experience of being there in person something that you want. And that they're just going to have to figure that out. But you know, it's been proof positive that businesses can do it and there will be a rebound effect. Once people feel comfortable going out, they're going to go out like crazy. Yep. Because they're sick of being mm-hmm. at home. And there's certain movies that I will go see in a theater. I'm like the, as f- for the guys on this show, I go to very few movies. I might go to a Star Wars movie a hundred times, but I'll only go to that. And maybe like when Endgame was, was in the theaters and stuff like that here and there, just hit and miss. But on the other hand, I will see a lot more movies if I have the option to watch them at home. Right. Mm-hmm. But as far as HBO Max goes, here's the deal, man. They've got a good service as far as like what they're offering right now. They, are, they do. They but do. the price is too high. And the fact that they don't have an app for a major platform like Roku is ludicrous. It is ludicrous. And those are the kinds of things where it, the, their catalog would be worth the money if you didn't have to like if if they had an app for the Roku, I would probably bitch about the price point a lot less. But as of right now, I got a year of it free whenever I changed to AT&T Internet. Mm-hmm. I have no intention of re-upping that when that ends as of right now, because, you know, I mean, I don't mind turning on my Xbox to, to watch it. But when my Xbox is on, I'd much rather be playing Red Dead Redemption 2. But <laughs> I get but you why. Know, you, know, you, you can just screen it screen it off your phone oh, and you sure. can just you just you know cast it right off your phone that's what i do i just cast it straight from the app on my phone and it looks just 4k well sure but you know what i'm saying it's like yeah every, no it's, it's not as convenient having it, as, yeah, know, i have every one more thing and like god forbid if i try to help my wife do that mm. good lord dude i love my <laughs> wife and she is awesome but she is like working with a 90 year old man when it comes to technology. Oh, yeah, no, I know that's right. Yeah, my mom's like, but, but anyway, yeah. I yeah, do know computers will survive. They're just going to have to change their, their operational model. That's the only, only way. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Okay. We have an email from Chris, our buddy Chris Willis. I think he said this last week and I didn't get to it, but I need to uh, read it today. Hello, Raj, Les, Eric, Tom, and Boo. First of all, please accept my apologies, Boo. It was Boo's not here, by the way, but I'm still going to read this. It was not my intention to call you Bo or B-O, body order, even though I know Raj wears too much jupe. Oh, I, I don't understand where the jupe <laughs> thing came from. This came from a, a while ago. I don't know what jupe is. Jupe is some kind of like deodorant or something or some... It's a cologne that, that smells like grape jelly. Hey, I like grape jelly, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. That, it's, yeah, it, okay. it's of a certain place in time. In history. All right. I don't have it. He says, I don't have any personal knowledge of your personal hygiene regime. Now back to the task at hand. Nah, boo. I'm sure you have, you have a handle on the two incorrect answers and one correct answer rule. 
So here is in another, here's another example. Eric was once a loss prevention agent. Eric was once complimented by Aaron Kellyman in regards to his hair. Eric once broke his G-string and his G-string whilst rocking out at a show. You could say he was rocking out with his... Ooh, he didn't finish that sentence. I'll let Eric provide you with the answers. I don't have the skills to create a fancy commission like the artist Chris Hall or jazzy theme songs like Eric Struthers. However, I've attached a picture collage. This is how I imagine you in my mind when I listen each week. Okay, so guys, Chris sent us a picture and I'll describe it to the listeners that are listening to the podcast. So let me bring it up. Now we have a picture of Aladdin. <laughs> I, I would assume that would be me. We have a picture of uh, Donald Glover as Lando. I would assume that would be less. We have Tom Holland. That would be King Tom. Boo is a green Hulk, but it's not the Hulk. It's uh, Homer Simpson. And then we have Ned Flanders all rocked out with it. Sexy, sexy Ned Flanders. So, uh, Chris, thank you. I think you've nailed it. I really do. I will yeah. take Aladdin. And when I think of Eric, I think of a sexy, buff Ned Flanders as well. Well, that's very nice to hear. Yeah. And so what, which one is true, Eric? Um, or, or are we doing a boost style, which all of them are true? All of those are true. Okay. Okay. Well, well thank I you. mean, I, I didn't actually have my wiener out at a show, but I've definitely broken a G string on the guitar. <laughs> at a show that's right. yeah. i knew i knew your loss prevention agent i knew aaron kellyman um, liked yeah. your hair i knew that that's for sure i didn't know about the g-string part yeah uh, okay remind Great. me to tell you a story though that i don't want to have on the podcast okay you got it all right thank you chris before we get into boo bits spider-man three huge things that are coming out seems like they're going crazy into the multiverse like another company that's out there. King Tom, what is your opinion? I know they're bringing back, totally forgot that they're bringing, they brought back um, Jamie Foxx, by the way. Yeah. That, I think that was the first. Uh, that was the very now. first one. Right. Right. Yeah. And now they've brought Alfred Molina back to play Tavius. Correct. Yeah. They're Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Leo Pardon, the guy who played Spider-Man in Japan, the guy who played Spider-Man and Spider-Man turn off the dark. I think uh, Tom Holland might even be in it. <laughs> there's rumors that he's in it I, I, yeah i hope i hope they have time for him and zendaya and ned and the guy who plays flash because those i really love this little spider-man mm-hmm. universe they created with inside the mcu how they've updated everyone from their original character templates mm-hmm. that, that we that we we've come to know and love most of them from the Marvel series, but they're just su- such a different takes on these characters. And I love them in the two movies that we've gotten. And as excited as it is, the possibility of having other actors and characters who have been parts of established Spider-Man movies, I still want this movie to be about that core group. Yeah. And yeah, so- I'm hoping, I'm hoping that these are just quick multiverse alternate looks at things rather than i mean if if alfred molina comes you know through and is the main villain i'll be happy with that but i don't want time taken away by toby mcguire andrew garfield significant you, time no i don't either i agree i think that this 
fr- this franchise, the way they're doing it is phenomenal. I think they, yeah. they're kicking ass with it. Do you think this is kind of like a day DC? You think you're going to do a fucking multiverse? Wait till you see our fucking multiverse. It could, it could be. It just depends. I'm not that familiar with what DC's plans are, but I don't think that this is going to be, well, we're going to have all three of these Spider-Men and their villains in future movies. I think. Right. You know, that the, well, you know how, when Keaton was announced, you're like, what the right. fuck? Michael Keaton's back as Batman. That's, yeah. that's huge, man. That's huge. That is, but, but bringing Toby Maguire back, that's, that's not, I don't think it's as equally huge because it's not Michael Keaton and, and right. Tim Burns Batman start like kind of started the whole comic book movie kind of blow up, but, but still pretty big having, yeah. having Toby Maguire right next to Andrew Garfield and uh, Holland. Oh, could you imagine? That'd be so cool. It, it it would be, and I I would like to see that. And I'm I'm very curious as to where they're going with this. To you know, are they going to make it their Spider Verse? Are they bringing in other people we don't know about yet? Mm. Interesting. But I I have a feeling that this is just for one. It's going to be contained to this one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. I don't see anybody. I don't see any of them doing that. Continuing on. Uh, it's crazy news. Uh, those other guys that have been confirmed, or those are rumored still. I I think it's it's rumored, but reported by enough reputable sources that yeah. that it's on. And I think you know it's it's kind of all started by them them having J.K. Simmons back as J. Joe Jameson in the tag of the last one, which I think was a great move. Yep, yep, that started it. Wow, I just so this is crazy. I mean, if you're a Marvel fan, mm-hmm. Star Wars, um, it's a good time. To be. One of the one of the reports, I can't believe I forgot this. They're saying that Charlie Cox will be back as Matt Murdock. I saw that too. I didn't know if that was confirmed or, and he'll be back in this Spider Man. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah, like, that's just crazy. That's mm-hmm. it. Bring Kingpin back. He was fantastic. Yeah. In Daredevil, and that's one of Spidey's biggest arch arch enemies, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh man. So good time to be alive. Good time to be into pop culture and all this stuff. But I think it's time to get into some boo bits. We haven't had boo all the time. And by the way, Les, um, Les last week had a physical power outage. He just texted me. He had a real power outage. Um, so he can't come back. So we apologize that Les isn't here. Probably going, wow, Les is really quiet. Um, but uh, I, I, I would love to hear what he thinks about all this Spider-Man. I know. I, I know. Yeah. I was very pumped up and to talk to him. And we have some other stuff about new gods and all that stuff. We'll get into with uh, Ava DuVernay. Yeah, she's doing new gods. And there's some stuff that she's talking about with a guy, that same guy that's almost has, almost has your name. His name is Tom King. Okay. Yeah. Tom King, who's, who's helping her write the new gods. But. We'll get into that next week. But I think it's time to bring Boo back in here. He's out there in the woods with his shirt off, hairy, trying to get all the bears out there to come in and give him some honey. All right, Boo, you got some bits for us, right? Always, 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 always ready to get out my bits. Shake so, them out. Shake your bits shake out. Shake them out. Shake them out. Yeah, they they, they need some sun. Um, <laughs> so George Miller... You know, Mad Max and all that, you know, Fury Road, we all know what he's uh, famous for. He's working on a movie called 3,000 Years of Longing, starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Okay. Uh, Oscar winner uh, John, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, Seal, has come out of retirement to serve as cinematographer. The reason why he's important is because he shot Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if it's, if, 
it's anything like that is going to be a beautiful movie. Wow, that sounds uh, great. Yeah, I, I know that we've talked about the HBO and Nolan being angry and stuff like that. But to go in, into more detail, he's blasted CEO as the or not CEO HBO as the worst streaming service. Yeah. He says he says some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars into bed the night before thinking that they were uh, working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. Ooh. This is this is in in relation to uh, what is it? Warner Brothers putting all of their 2021 slate um, same day on streaming on their streaming service HBO Max as in theaters, which I think is going to kill theaters. They're already on their final leg, which is a toothpick now, and that's just going to be flicked away. So a, wood, a wooden toothpick or a plastic toothpick. Um, <laughs> a, a used plastic or a used oh. wooden toothpick. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's no good. Um, Emily Blunt says Edge of Tomorrow Two, which is something they've been working on for a long time. Her mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise is looking really, really cool. Oh, Emily Blunt is fantastic. I think she's I a great her. actress. Yeah, and this and this movie was kind of swept under the radar. Uh. Just kind of as like a man movie, but as a, a science fiction movie, it is awesome. And anything no, they can do movie. more with it, I, I'm I really, really excited. I really like it. Yeah, uh, that was really good. Of, yeah, speaking of doing more, uh, Matthew Vaughn is planning on to make seven more Kingsman films. <laughs> is it- <laughs> sounds, sounds a little Avatar to me. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Did you say Matthew Vaughn or did you say... Uh- Matthew uh, Vaughn, yeah. James Cameron. Yeah. James Jabroni James Cameron. His idol, James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Wow, seven Kingsmen. Yeah, so whatever that means. They've already gone to the prequel route, so I guess they could do a whole ton more. Maybe. Yeah. Who, yeah. who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, I believe that we've talked about this before, but now I have more details. The Russo Brothers, The Gray Man, starts filming next month. Stars, stars Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. Right. Has a two hundred million dollar plus budget. The uh, the Winter Soldier in the real life setting, yeah. So they they've started filming, or they're going to start filming next month, which is very exciting. Something that I thought was very cool, very cool. Oscar Isaac is set to star as Solid Snake for Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, uh, I saw Sony. that. You know, they're gonna they're gonna make the movie. So yeah, I think that is perfect. That is that awesome. is one of the best castings I've ever seen. That's yeah, a great so game. I'm not a gamer, but I used to play the shit out of that game. Very, very awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait for him to hide into a hide in a box or scare the shit out of a guard or something like that. It's gonna be so good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, something else that's kind of big on the horizon, um, I guess corporation wise, Disney is reportedly looking to combine Disney Plus and Hulu into one streaming platform to appeal to families and adults. Oh, so I think I think they see that as far as not that many people are utilizing Hulu for what it's what it's there for as far as like live TV and sports and things like that. So they just want to combine it into Disney Plus, which is just a bigger brand. So right. that's that's what I think they're gonna do, which I think makes sense. And so, those yeah. and those and those movies and the shows like Daredevil Bingo be, be played yeah. on that. You can have uh what is it, the new um the new Deadpool movie out on there. You know, you can have, mm. I guess, Disney Plus Triple X. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think they're going to call Disney Plus Triple X. I'm just saying. Uh, that yeah. After <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Electric Blue. Do you guys remember Electric Blue on Cinemax? Electric Blue. It was like the soft porn Cinemax used to have. 
I don't remember no? that. I would have never looked at it. <laughs> you remember it. Hey, no, the reason I thought of it because there's a cheapy, cheapy song that went with it. First like, time I ever saw porn. Remember Select TV back in the day? Mm-hmm. Select so, TV, Z TV, Z Channel. Remember yeah. Z Channel? And yeah. it was like Late at night, I just happened to be the one left awake. I guess everybody went to sleep. I was like, I seven. guess, yeah. I guess. I, was, I didn't really stay awake on purpose. No, but. in all honesty, it, it, it was like this film is rated X, and I didn't know what that was. So I'm just sitting there. I'm just sitting there. Applesauce, and the guy's like just going down on this lady, and I'm going, "Wow, he's like hurting her. Like she's screaming." And I had the TV at like normal volume, so all you hear is just. just <laughs> I'm just sitting there, just like. Mm. <laughs> why, my, my dad, why is my body tingling? Why like do I, I just feel that way? My right and seeing like my dad's feet right there, and he's facing at the TV. And I look at him, and he looks at me, and I go, "What is this?" And he's like, <laughs> "Go to bed." And he just turns it off. Go to bed. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh man, my uh, my first my my porn experience. My first one was watching Playboy Scrambled and seeing like a crooked boob. <laughs> and like a like a but I thought it was a vagina. It might not have been a vagina, but it looked like one. But I was like, oh, this is porn. This is great. That was so awesome to like try to sneak. <laughs> I remember that you had they they had the little dials where you go to the left and to the right. If they had the box. If your table box wasn't hooked into your TV, you could get it better because your channel the channel would just come through with that like squeeze. Yeah, if you mess with it and and like kind of like put it right in between the two channels, you sometimes got it. Not that why I did, did that. I'm just saying. Okay. Why didn't you guys just look look up porn on the internet? Oh, shut it! <laughs> looking, look, looking up porn on the internet for me was going down to my dad's 1968 Thunderbird and looking underneath the seat to see a 1970s porn stash. Not porn, but like Playboy mags that he had. Full and, bush. Uh, oh yeah, full full Monty, full Bush. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> those are those are pretty good tangent one my, my last boo bit uh joe russo says that they're uh they are just developing an extraction cinematic universe for netflix the i saw that extraction was one of you know netflix's you know highest viewed and you know rated and you know fantastic movie. movie bro exactly so yeah so, so it looks like they're trying to make a universe for netflix which is Awesome. And anything that the Russo brothers or one of the Russos, whatever, whatever they choose to do is going to be incredible. So, yeah, they that movie, uh, probably one of my favorite action movies of the last decade. It was unreal. So, so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, what is it? The fight choreography, the way it was filmed, everything is just superb. Yeah. Was very- All right. Carlos Buarguayo living the high life in Idlewild. California <laughs> amongst the trees amongst the, the tree, trees and squirrels and the people you have your shirt off you're just walking around like a bear yeah but like a bear you, you know it's funny enough something that I did do for the first time here look at a penis. bird with no I hit a bird with my car you hit a bird yeah <laughs> motherfucker you go to, you go to nature <laughs> and killing nature <laughs> and, and I and I almost ran over a squirrel almost I, I didn't feel the thud Thank God, but I almost ran over a squirrel. I had a car whenever I was in high school that was like an SR-71 as far as oh, birds were concerned. <laughs> I had never hit so many, vehic- so many birds with a vehicle as this thing ever again. And I mean, 
it's remember the episode of Seinfeld where the birds wouldn't fly out of Costanza's way. Yep. It was like that. And, and this is a trend that continued when I rode motorcycles. Oh no. I hit a bird three (laughs) times. Once a little tiny, like hummingbird sized bird in the face shield, like we made eye contact just before he splattered on it. (laughs) Another time, dude, another time it was like brutal freezing cold and it, a bird hit like my front end and put a crack in because it was a, um, a Honda CBR 900. It cracked the ABS. (laughs) And then the last time I was on my way to school. To take a an exam in DC logic and switching circuits. And dude, I saw it coming. Actually, no, four times, because once hit one hit my elbow. Dude, it was a giant blackbird right in the face. And I mean, I always wore a helmet, but it like rocked me. And I get to class and I like, I guess I look like a mess. And my teacher's like, What's wrong with you? I'm like, oh man, I hit a bird on the way over. He's like, geez, you tree hugging dirt muncher. I'm like, no, dude, I'm on my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is rough. I've never hit an animal ever. Um, can you tell me, have you hit something before? I was in, I was in a boat. I was probably like nine or 10. And I was riding up front and it was probably around dusk and a bat flew into my face. <laughs> like smack me right here on the right side of my face. <laughs> The reason I'm laughing is I'm picturing all your all you guys' stories right now. Oh my god! You're just at the front of the boat, just like I'm front of the, you know. It's like it's a motorboat, and the and the boat's going up and down. And, yeah, it hurt, and I had like I was like scratched, and thought I was gonna become a damn ass vampire or something. Oh, now that oh would have been god. a vampire story right there. You, you know what? I I got revenge because I remember when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid, I had my arm out the window. We were driving down the freeway and a bird shit on my hand. So now we're even now. We're you even know the story. World. You know the story about your sister, right? Uh, Santa Monica. D- didn't so, it, yeah, no, no, yeah. Wait a yeah, go for it. Lorena was walking and the pier in Santa Monica and then she was walking. She looked up a bird shit in her mouth. <laughs> Oh, oh, I knew it was so fancy. She had to run into the run into the restaurant like with shit in her mouth. It's just fucking horrible. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't there, but she tells me the story. It's just awful. If I was there, I would have died. I would have probably thrown oh, up. And then the, no help at all. Yeah, I would have just been laughing. Oh man! In Persian culture, if a bird shits on you, it's good luck. So I told her that's the ultimate good luck when the shit in your mouth. That's uh that's you. Yeah. Yeah. Then the rhyme of the ancient mariner by Iron Maiden. It's like a birthday song. That's right. There it is. That's right. I never hit an animal. I hit a person once. Um, and no, no, hold on, hold on, no, hold on. Like no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me rewind. It, it sounds worse than it is. Um, I was, I was in traffic on the street. Les knows the street. It was the street right next to my work. And there's a bus stop across the street. And uh, okay. I was going about ten miles an hour. And all of a sudden, a guy darts because he's trying to catch the bus. He darts right in front of my car. I hit him. I was like, oh, my God, I just killed somebody. He gets up, looks at me, flips me off, and sprints <laughs> to the bus. <laughs> and then I was like, I got out of my car, and the lady next to me goes, his fault. He just started. I said, okay, I just want everybody to know that I stopped. And they're like, no, it was his fault. He just jetted out. It was like he literally <laughs> jetted out to play Frogger with me. And I was like, nope. He darted. Um, if you're listening, I apologize. I uh, hope you're, you can still walk. But if you look, the guy got up. 
that's the guy that thumbs down the YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> that must be him. Son of a bitch. It was your fault, buddy. And I, I stopped. Flip, flip off icon. That's the best he can do. Yeah, he looked at me, flipped me off, and just sprinted to the bus. And he made the bus. I felt better about it because he made the bus. Oh, okay, boo. I, I, yeah, uh, later on, I, he died uh, from internal bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boo. Appreciate that. That was awesome. Thank you for stopping by and giving us the boo bits. Mr. Tom Chansky, where can people find you? You can find my drawings of the moldy crow. My very bad drawings of the moldy crow on the X-rated Twitter. But uh, my regular Twitter account is Tom Chansky. And I, you can find me on Patreon shows for the Bad Mo- Motivators, Steel Wars, and Blue Harvest. And probably you can find the, <laughs> the moldy, moldy crow in your pants as well. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Oh. <laughs> You're right to feel that way. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Shruthers, where can people... Before you start, Mr. Shruthers, I would like to thank you because there was a shout out to our YouTube channel on the bad motivators. And you, I rarely hear nice things coming out of your mouth towards me. And I would have to like pump the brakes. Malik almost flew out of his car seat because it was, uh, Eric Struthers was being nice to me on, on another podcast. And that usually doesn't happen. So I just wanted to thank you, buddy. How dare you? I'm always speaking well of you. Yeah, okay, especially when you, uh, especially when you watch Steele's last, uh, episode where it starts <laughs> off by saying, or I'm just going to give you some shit if I don't say thank you for saying the Sith last one, whatever. All right, Mr. Struthers, where can people find you? Uh, you know what? Check out my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, and definitely not at any gigs because apparently that's never going to happen, but you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Struthers. Fantastic. And you can find me at The Sith List. Les will be back next week. I Well, I'm not going to promise, but Les will be back next week. Who will be back? All right. You can catch us next week. By the way, check us out on YouTube. We're going to do the episode 15. We're going to do the reaction video and the breakdown video. Listen to the bad motivators. They're going to break down the episode as well. All kinds of cool Mando stuff. So check us out there. And we'll catch you next week on episode number 228 of The Sith List.
Well, hold on. The, 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 let me organize my boo bits and take out whatever I need. Yeah, shuffle your boo bits around, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Keep your pants. Yeah. When you said I'm that, I'm not I even wearing like, pants. What are we talking I'm about? the thing yeah. where you like stand, you lift one foot up and kind of shake your leg to get everything settled back down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Get everything lined up. No. But goddamn, I needed this. <laughs>